everybody to playing advantage the rugby podcast with five mates no it's actually four mates i don't know then we've got another one with. <laughs> <laughs> we're four mates chat about everything SA rugby uh without taking ourselves too seriously well guys i think mission accomplished uh we in the final uh i think we all lost a, a bit of a bit of hair and a couple of years shaving off our of our lifetimes with uh, that stressful game but uh we there um so Exciting, uh, exciting times uh, to be playing in the final against England. Uh, but we're going to chat about uh, all the rugby action uh, that that's happened over the weekend. Obviously, just for two games. But uh, let's just uh, introduce ourselves because there isn't five of us. There's four of us. Uh, Damien, how's it going? <laughs> Keegan, how's it, everyone? Kevin, how's it? And then myself, Marco. Um, guys, let's jump straight into it. Two games where we thought one was going to be close and one was going to be a blowout and it uh, turns out it was the other way around. Uh, England absolutely smoking New Zealand and uh, South Africa putting it through by three points uh, on, uh, on, on the game versus uh, Wales. I think uh, England look unbelievably dangerous. Yeah, definitely, I think England, you know, we, well, Personally, last week I thought that game, the New Zealand uh, England game, was the, the final effectively. They looked like the team to beat. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, they're looking extremely dangerous at the moment. And Rassi has a, a big job to prep the boys for next week, but I think they're going to be up for it. I think you only get to play one World Cup final, you know. Okay, unless, unless we go much further than the next World Cup, it doesn't come around all that often. So, yeah, I think the boys will be up for it. Yeah. Oh, first impression, Sam, my first impression. <laughs> no, no, I was just saying general thoughts, general thoughts. I'm going to get through the agenda just now. So I'm very confused. <laughs> what would you like from me right now? <laughs> thoughts on the weekend's right, Pete, quickly. Ah, thoughts on the game. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Um, I'm, I don't know. I, I feel fine. <laughs> Flustered. I don't think a betting man would bet that, a, that a South Africa will beat England next week based on that performance. I must be honest, but having said that, it's World Cup rugby, you know, what you have to do is rock up on the day and then you've already got a chance. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very diplomatic, Kevin. Um, my, my first impression or my general thoughts, um, it's not first impression. No, first okay, impression. Just, so, it's just my general thoughts. Um, yeah, I was worried there. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> first of all, uh, after England beat beat New Zealand. That was a, a very clinical um, game. Yeah, a clinical game by New, uh, by England. And I think um, we've got a lot of work in this week. Eh? It's, a, it's, a, it's going to be a long week for the boys. Yeah. They've got to sort some things out. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but uh, on the agenda, as always, it's probably going to be a bit shorter today since we only have two games to talk about. Uh, just go through the results, uh, chatting about the New Zealand-England game, then looking at the uh, South Africa-Wales game, obviously this comes after our first impressions, looking at our play of the week, uh, plonker of the week, uh, and then a bit of a reference as well, and then looking forward to the, to the final. Um, so now let's actually get into the first impressions. <laughs> first impressions. Um, Damien, well, what did you think? Um, I think I kind of did touch on it last week, but that is the defence. I think once again, our defence basically won us that game. I think that there was a period, I think it was 20 phases on our line that we yeah. defended. Um, 
obviously that's going to be our tactic going forward because today it looked like neither team wanted the ball. <laughs> but yeah, I think that, you know, everyone tackled hard. We scrambled really well. And I think going forward, look, England is a, is a very daunting task. But if that, that's going to be a key part of it if we do, do kind of overcome them. Um, I think in terms of looking, looking at the game next weekend, we, we really have a, a lot to do. And, you know, we, we all were sitting here thinking, imagine we had to play New Zealand in the final. That would be a daunting task. And shit balls. But <laughs> <laughs> looking at the way England absolutely dominated one of the best teams in the world or in one of the best teams ever mm. um, I think it's going to be a huge ask and I think if we beat them oh, guys you're going to see me do some very very strange things <laughs> <laughs> i.e. running through the streets, streets naked maybe <laughs> don't don't uh, I'm not going to do that that's not a challenge so but I might who knows I'll hashtag it if you want. I'll get that campaign started. Get to, okay. Keeps running through the street naked. <laughs> oh, uh, my first impression. Um, I have to say, what I find really interesting is that when you talk about uh, Wales, South Africa and England, in my opinion, you're talking about three teams that have very similar game plans. And the game plans are very serious, um, high-stake rugby game plans that we see in the World Cups. Play the territory... Um, don't mess around too much or at all in your own half and put the opposing team under pressure and capitalize off of their mistakes. Um, what I've found in practice is that um, I think we were really lucky to play Wales because they had nothing to offer us and they gave no thought to how they should approach this challenge uh, as opposed to the French challenge. And I think we were lucky enough to come away with the, the victory because we're better, uh, we've got a bunch of better players than they do at the moment and uh, our systems on defense are better I think what we lack and what Wales lack and that's why we've positioned ourselves as the underdogs for next week's final is um, an attacking platform an attacking system our, our defense is great it was so great again the guys put the body on the lines and this is a thing but then we got to this point I think both Wales and South Africa did we were like you know how do we, what do we do now because we, none of us know how to score any points so obviously we just put a, a couple of box kicks up in there. <laughs> <laughs> a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky enough, we won a couple of penalties, and um, and that's how we won the game. Yeah. yeah. Can that happen next week? I don't think so. I think we're gonna have to pull something else out of the bag. Okay. What about you? Okay. Um, I think my first impression is probably um, England, the most clinical performance I've seen put on a rugby field probably in the last 12 months against that quality of opposition. Absolutely fantastic because um, it was in every single facet of the game, they dominated up front. They stole line-up ball, uh, scrums. They were a good, uh, the handling from one to 23. I mean, the, a couple of the uh, tries or the would-be tries, the handling from the props, the hookers the were fantastic. Yeah. Um, the tactical kicking was superb as well. Um, they. They literally, they, they ran at the All Blacks and they kept position. Um, and yes, they, they did kick a whole lot more. Uh, but I think they, they've got the perfect blueprint to play uh, winning rugby. In saying that, I think we are probably, besides New Zealand, who just, I don't think, uh, were up for it on the day, I think we are definitely suited to, to take them on in every single uh, facet, whether maybe not the handling <laughs> based on the games that we've played. 
But our kicking game, I think our forwards, I think it's going to be a titanic struggle. And we have the team. It's, it's not a case of that we haven't scored tries in the past. We just don't give the ball to our wings. Um, so I think we're going to be set up for an epic, epic final. And I'm happy going in as, uh, as underdogs. Sometimes it can be better, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, obviously the, the two results, Damien, I know it's going to take you very long to, to go get through these. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, England 19, New Zealand, New Zealand 7, Wales 16, South Africa 19. That scoreline for New Zealand, England should have been a whole lot wider. Well, England had, what, two tries disallowed and New Zealand scored from... New Zealand, I mean England, missing the yeah. yeah. So and they missed about two two penalties as well in Dent. Yeah. So that's what well, that's twenty points. No, literally, New Zealand got dominated. Um, I don't know what, what was the the biggest kind of glaring uh, fact that came through uh, for you guys uh, uh, in terms of be either England or New Zealand. Um, for me, the biggest thing was the piss poor defence on New Zealand side, and I mean. Usually New Zealand are they they man up and they are in your face. Don't miss tackles. Be it sides or not, that's another argument. <laughs> that's an argument for another day. But um, they they were very very weak on defence. And I mean, I'm not a big fan of Anthony Watson. In I think we have big, better wingers than he is in any in every facet of the game. But I mean, for me, it's just a we're nowhere. They're literally. Missing tackles, one of carriers was just offloading the ball. I mean, there was almost zero pressure from. Uh, and look, I'm very impressed by the way the English control the game, but I'm also I think we can beat them. I, I think, man for man, we have the props that can throw the ball around. We have the loose forwards that can absolutely dominate Sam um, Underhill and Tom Curry. I think. We, we, we are better than them. I genuinely believe that. However, I just don't think our game plan... Mm. But we, we can get further into that. I think it's a, a coaching a coaching thing. Um, the other thing about New Zealand was, you know, Bowden Barracks, their big you know, playmaker, makes all the decisions. He had the most carries on that field yesterday. He had 20-something carries. Yeah, something like yes. that. And so if he's touching the ball that many times and not making a difference, either he's having a very off game or England are shutting him down. I think it was a combination of the two. Yeah. And I think that was the blueprint, like he was saying, to, for England to get that victory. It was shutting down, A, they, they closed down their backline players so quickly, mm. and they shut the space down, and then there was just compound errors by New Zealand. I mean, mm. their handling stats were terrible, yeah. and that's not yeah. New Zealand Top either. So, yeah. Keys, do you not think for, um, it was just... England dominating because for me yes there's definitely a couple of missed tackles but the way the English which is running at New Zealand I saw somebody on somebody's shoulder the entire game it was literally just one after the other after the other I just um, what I saw uh, was you know somebody just wanting it more I, I almost felt like the All Blacks they didn't think that the English were going to be this up for it uh, which I kind of I don't know if you guys saw on social media a lot of the guys were saying no fine write us off cool We'll see you on, on Saturday. But I mean, an example of that is like, if you look at the English at rap time, mm. they absolutely dominated the breakdown. Yeah. yeah. They won so many turnovers. Yeah. They, every single rack, they were hitting and disrupting ball. And New Zealand doesn't know how to play if they don't get quick ball. Yeah. And because um, they've never experienced that. They've never been that dominated at, at the breakdown. So mm. I think that was also a big shock to them. They never, they, they started badly mm. and never recovered. They were never in that game. 
Yeah, I think there's a there's a huge momentum factor um, when it comes to these kinds of games, and I think it starts with a good plan. And so all we need to do is have the kickers on form, um, put it in the right place first of all. Make sure you're playing the game in the right uh, area of the field first of all. And then let the guys rock up, do the work, and then the work pays off and you start to exactly what you're saying, the opposite of compound areas, you get a momentum effect. Yeah. Um, I must come out the gates. First, I'm going to pat myself on the back and say I'm the only one who called England, if I remember. <laughs> that true. didn't take long. <laughs> Second, I'm going, to, I'm going to come out the gates and acknowledge that the only thing that I said about the English game uh, and their team going forward was that uh, Itoje would have a <laughs> terrible game. <laughs> and he then uh, pres- match, proceeded to win man of the match. <laughs> but I think the reason I bring that up is because that's exactly what I think we are talking about is guys that we know are mercurial and brilliant didn't rock up um, because they were squashed uh, for New Zealand and guys that, I mean, I think can have the office of off days in many games um, stepped up and made huge marks, body on the line. And, and something I did say uh, last week, I think, was that I don't think any, like what you're saying, Keith, any of New, uh, England's players are better man for man than their counterparts. Yeah. Yet, um, they were given the latitude and their systems um, uplift them enough for them to play very, very well. I mean, I thought the loose forwards were exceptional. It's such a had a huge game. I thought I so, so did Laws. The best on the field. I think yeah. Curry was better. Curry um, was humongous, yeah. and and Vinicola I mean, and Underhill and so and even even the backs. I mean, Watson. I also. I don't think he's a great. He's a great wing, but wow, he made such a huge impact on the game. Okay. Yeah, Farrell just was there to get hit in the face often. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to. So both of you have directed questions to me or just rebuttals in that sense. But I mean, in terms of in terms of the way that the team plays. They play so well together, but man for man, they're not, nothing special. And I'm not taking anything away from them. Mm. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're athletes, etc., etc. However, I do believe that the Springbok side and the New Zealand side, for that matter, are probably better, far better than that English side. However, like you both have said, their systems are working. They're doing everything right. They are doing. They are clinical. They're not, they are making few mistakes, ultimately, mm-hmm. and that, that is what is getting them, that's, what, that's what's gotten them to the final. But mm-hmm. we spoke about it last week, we spoke about that team chemistry that they have. Yes. Yeah. They're just pulling together at the right time yeah. and coming together so well, and I think that's the big thing. I think it's, it's a lot of Eddie Jones magic, you know? Yeah, I was going exactly. to say, I was gonna say is, it, is it Eddie Jones? It's definitely Eddie Jones. Yeah. I think well, we've seen it in everything that he touches, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it can't, it, can't be, it can't be a coincidence. <laughs> I mean, we said that, you know, that, that he's going to be their biggest weapon, and I mean, for us, I think we mentally we probably do have the wood over England because our World Cup record against England is much better than you know I'd say I'd, I'd rather go mentally go into the final against England than New Zealand because mm-hmm. I think New Zealand has that same psychological factor towards well, for us sure. we, we you know we struggle against them but Eddie Jones mastermind behind our 2007 win mastermind behind the miracle of Brighton or whatever they call it when Japan beat us yeah yeah um, yeah, so he knows how the South African rugby systems work, and yes. that's dangerous. Yes, I was going to say the same thing, but then, another thing, do you not think that Rassi, I'm, I'm hoping, <laughs> that Rassi has been keeping everyone looking right? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, on next week Saturday, he's going to just book a left, and 
Eddie Jones is going to go, what? what? I'm, I'm hoping that he's happened. been having everyone looking straight up in the air. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're going to go, go straight. <laughs> so what, Keith, does that mean you're calling three backs on the bench? I think so. Jeez. Wow. I will call that. I will uh, listen. Yeah, we'll get into it. But yes. I, my, I think my final thoughts um, for the England-New Zealand game uh, is New Zealand for the first time, and I think in a very, very long time, I didn't see them making those small decisions, getting them right the whole time. Those, they normally have the BMT where they make the, the smart decisions, the, the rugby savvy decisions, the, where they get the offload at the right time, the maturity, the experience, the belief is there. I didn't see that against England. I saw a few times where Sebu Ruiz, you could see the inexperience finally come out where he ran out of bounds. He didn't cut inside in order to not be tackled out. There's a few times when they started running from their own 22, where there was still, I think, 20 minutes left in the game. There was absolutely no need to. There was a couple of offloads that they tried to force, didn't need to. So I think they started panicking. And they just, you know, we've all spoken about, and the media has absolutely loved Hansen and said, yeah, he's taken guys out and he's put new guys in at the right time. And it's a great blend of experience uh, and youth. And for me, it kind of came out to say that there was too many changes and this team hadn't settled enough um, and they don't they didn't show that BMT they didn't show that classic New Zealand confidence um, throughout the game well I mean the media has gone in on um, Scott Barrett at flank I think they people are very unhappy that mm. he was played there they went it was an experiment that did not work why are you experimenting in a semi-final yeah because yeah, he was something uh, I can agree with yeah. That. Yeah. yeah and I mean the other thing is that or the other thing that they were, a lot of people have been saying is that yes Mawanga and Barrett that combination has been really good but as especially Mawanga first World Cup at 10 hasn't really been behind the eight ball at any point mm. and now has this pressure placed on him he yeah. didn't rise to the challenge so yeah where Barrett has mm. had that mm. he's, he's dealt with that for a couple of years so Boys, I'm going to pose a question. Do you think this is the end of Southern Hemisphere dominance? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, because New Zealand, after losing like that, New Zealand are going to be scary. I think New Zealand are going to come back stronger. And I think it also, yeah, so I, I agree. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to come back stronger, but I, I definitely think, let's look at their winning record. I think Steve Hansen has a winning record of 86%. Uh, Kieran Reid, uh, 89%. So I don't think anything is necessarily going to change. For me, the big thing is if, if we can continue our run, yes, we'll be uh, strong. The biggest consideration for the Southern dominance thing is if Australia can get their act together. Otherwise, it's, they're just going to keep on heading south. Argentina or nowhere. It's, it's going to be... No, it's up to us in New Zealand. It's yeah, not for anyone. Mm -hmm. It's a hold it up, yeah. Sure. Politics in Australia. I'll swing the other way. I'll say yes. Um, I think that this is, is nearing the end of Southern Hemisphere dominance. And um, I'm also going to say that I hope that is the case. Uh, because, you know, there's something that we were saying, or a lot of people were saying to me throughout the week before this semi, saying, um, well, you kind of hope New Zealand wins because you want to be the best to be the best. And I thought it was amazing to see um, that New Zealand is not the best in this yeah, World Cup yeah, and they were completely shown up and, and shown for what the truth is and that England did look better to anybody who, who paid enough Any attention, attention to, yeah. to find out and I like that I think it's going to be great for rugby yes. and I hope that it continues I want to have people Scotland's and Wales's of the world Japan, touring Japan, yeah. Japan's of the world yeah. touring, touring um, 
our country or we're touring their country and we have competitive matches and things like that it, it brings a whole grandiose idea to the game which I think it does lack a little bit when bloody New Zealand dominates every single yeah. contest it's like Michael Schumacher dominating how many times have you had a run it loses its appeal eventually when you've won six seven titles yeah. what's the point anymore <clears throat> and I mean I think it truly makes it a world sport that's what rugby that's what we all want we yep. want the sport to grow and we want everyone to love it and enjoy it and i think it's a great thing no definitely so moving from the the first semi to the second um and i mean like i said i i think we all thought the england new zealand game was going to be close it wasn't and i think we all thought that the south africa was not going to run away with this game uh, but that we were going to win with a decent margin that was going to be comfortable i called south africa by three Thanks, Damien. I didn't, <laughs> didn't need to hear that right now. <laughs> Just shut off a little bit. Um, but definitely, uh, I mean, we were all watching it together. There, there were some nervous times, let's be honest with <laughs> this. Until the 75th minutes, I think we were all sweating bullets. Yeah. Some nervous eyes locked across the room. Yes. <laughs> but we pulled it through. Um, I, I, we never, we never um, trailed in that game, did we? We drew. Twice. Yeah, yeah. we were level that was a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no trailing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I gotta say it was like more of the same, you know. Um, like we've all accepted this. This is our game plan. Wow, it was prominent today. Um, it was frustrating. It was, it was so frustrating. It was bomb after bomb after bomb. There were there were I think I was saying there were three bombs straight into the twenty-two, two of which were marked. Um, useless kicks, honestly. Yeah. And uh, it just looked like we had no intention of, of keeping the ball for more than a phase uh, with, with our, uh, we had definitely no intention of getting to our back line. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, if it didn't, if it, if it got past Fuff miraculously, it would, it would go straight off Pollard. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, Vili was bloody useless at the back, but um, our defense was humongous. That's what, that's what uh, won us the game. But it's no surprise to me that we didn't score lots of points because nobody seemed to even be trying to score tries. And I think we were really lucky that the only thing worse than our king game was the world kicking game. I yeah. think that, you know, True. as we, we kicked with slightly more purpose, I think, which is a strange thing to say because at times I was going, what are you doing? But yes. at least, you know, we were putting up kicks that were let's say 70% of them might have been contestable. Yeah. Wales looked nowhere. They didn't look like they had any plan. So, I mean, there was actually a little, just on this kicking game plan, there was, there was a little thing I realized that occurred to me now. Because I always thought the idea was to, to bomb out, um, bomb in halfway and basically play in your opposition's 22. And what I have now realized is that it goes even, it goes beyond that. And we want to we want to use those malls and those scrums and, and whatever we have in that portion of the field to win penalties because we actually want to kick up points we don't want to score them on, on the line you know but i mean that's that's how we won the last world cup that's how we won in 2007 i mean yes Abana did score a lot of tries but montgomery kicked a lot of penalties i mean yeah. and i think that's the blueprint we're going for and and at the end of the day knockout rugby you know, we saw today three points is what yeah. was going to be the difference so um Maybe not always that um, attractive to watch, but we've we've been winning ugly 
you know, since the New Zealand game. And yeah, but maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe maybe we are more experienced than England now at winning ugly. Yeah, it's very you know You know what a final can look like, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I did call it at the beginning of the World Cup, just looking at the way that Rossi is structuring his game plan. I said, it's almost a carbon copy of the 07, 07 team. I mean, and, and in terms of their game plan. And Jake White has always employed that kind of rugby and that is his style of rugby and it's it's copy paste and the big problem that i have though is that execution you don't have a free to prayer you can yeah. box kick accurately yeah box kick on a dime and you know exactly where you need it to be you don't have the wings chasing so you don't have that caliber so that is the only thing that i that i potentially Not. worry about and but Going back to what you said about it is ultimately, you know, finals rugby and it is it can be ugly, it can be a grind. But we're not ex- executing that game plan well at the moment. So how, how are we going to do it? We'd keep them out. That's, Defensively, yeah, yes. Yeah. So defense wins games, possibly. My, my biggest problem with that game plan, especially mirroring the <coughs> 07 game plan, is that it was not Jake's wife's game plan. That was Eddie Jones's game plan. 100%. So he knows the ins and outs of it and he knows how to beat it well see so, this is what I was saying earlier about Rassi making everyone look right <laughs> so he might know something we don't well let's, pro- let's hope let's but hope I think the most frustrating thing for me is that okay firstly game wise I think we, we there's patches of, of good and bad um, and that gets to my point to say I think why this is so frustrating is we know what potential we have mm. literally look at what happened when Dallander was fed the ball once Breaks five tackles, goes yeah. straight over and goes scores. Look at what happens when of course he gets the ball once. Three yeah. uh, through uh, three oaks, you know, he's looking to offload. I mean that's I'm look good. Uh, I'm yeah. look good. Uh, even the ball carries we were having our forwards were getting over. Marks was looking good. PS Steph had a few strong carries. So I think that's why I, that's something I've realized over the last couple of weeks is that why the box kicking game is so frustrating is because it's not that we don't have other options. We it's not like we've got no skill in the back and that's our only resort we've got so much potential and we're just not utilizing it um there's no variation even and i think for me the, the big positive though that i saw was today and, and in previous games but especially today is our forwards look so good yeah i mean the yeah. guys who started the game look fantastic the guys yes. who came off the bench look fantastic and i mean um someone like marks fantastic game off the bench yeah. flow you know, gave away a city penalty, but then came back and made a really crucial steal at the yeah. right time. And yeah. these little things and these little moments that these, four, the, especially the forward pack, yeah. are having, making such a big contribution. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like we've always said, that's probably where we're going to win it. But I didn't think we realized that they were going to have to take on so much responsibility. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah I think just, just, to, just to speak to that point and what Mark was saying, um, the difference between England's execution of the kicking format of, of the, the game plan and ours today is that England use the boot a lot and they always do but but the way that they use it is with pinpoint accuracy to put the game in a portion of the field yes mm. now we don't employ that at all we our style is I mean for lack of a better term hit and hope yeah and it, I mean you we we hoy a box kick or fast boot that um, miraculously we managed to gather and then we set up one phase and we hit another one, and then you realize, what what was the point of this bo- this first box kick at all <laughs> if you're not going to capitalize on the possession yeah. that you've gained? 
And essentially, if we were allowed to regather all those box kicks, I would imagine we'd box kick all the bloody way <laughs> from our 22 to their 22. And that's just, it's, it's an incredibly taxing way to do things. Yeah. And you don't achieve your purpose of playing in the right side of the field. You actually um, are defending in a more dangerous portion of the field. Um, why don't you use a big boot like Pollard's or even Stains, who's probably going to be starting after that really performance, um, to put the game down there, then box kick at them, you know? No, yeah. sure. I think you're completely right. And it's, like you said, that English game plan is, is slightly more refined, slightly more, um, or the execution, exactly, yeah. is a bit more clinical. Um, shame that really disappointing for him, but maybe a, a big plus for us, is Willie Hines, their reserve nine, is mm. out. So he's been ruled out of the World Cup. Oh, so he pulled a hammy. Second so, person. <laughs> I don't know, possibly. <laughs> but they didn't have the yeah, third scrummy in, in the squad. So they've had to it's rush in again. a scrummy who landed today and he's going to be Danny rushing. King. No, no. Oh, no, I said, no um, I, honestly, I, I saw the name and I didn't even recognize him. Oh, really? Sure. So he, apparently he's got three caps for England and he's going to be rushed in to be on the bench on, yeah. on Saturday. Sure. So, I mean, you know. That could be a fairy tale in the making, but at the same time, I think I'd rather take someone who hasn't been with the squad and, and you know, maybe for the last 10 minutes, you know, maybe a mistake would do will keep it yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I think we can definitely take away uh, from this game is that, speaking to uh, your guys' point about winning ugly, is that for me in the last 10 minutes uh, of, of today's game, I, saw, I started seeing things that I haven't seen before. It's in those small decisions, those small BMT moments that I was nervous about because they hadn't shown it before that in the last 10 minutes we, we were making the right decisions Control, we, were, yeah. we were controlling the game everybody knew what they were doing Fuff's uh, little uh, tactical uh, kick down the line uh, to, win, uh, to, to put the ball out close to the, like 10 meters away from the line um, the carries that were, uh, they were making um, it, it almost felt in uh, the scrum right there at the end to, to win that penalty as well it really it, it started to feel like I mentioned that, like almost like all black confidence uh, of closing a game out, saying this is our game, we are in control, yes the score is tied, but we are making the right decisions, we are uh, taking uh, the ball up uh, in the right way, and which was quite nice to see. Um, I think you're absolutely right, and I think it has to be said um, that Rassi's game plan is being executed very well. I mean, I, I was watching CS post-match interview, he wasn't surprised at what happened. Not in the least. Yeah. He knew it was going to play out like that. As far as he was concerned, um, things went yeah. drop down. Yeah. Nah, like a, um, no problem. And I think that's that's what uh, what everybody in the field on the field is doing. Um, you know, bomb it up. If if you if you're attacking and you make a break, I don't think the guys expect anybody to be on their shoulder because no one's running out of position because they know they're there to um, win the set pieces and then they're there to get into their their defensive systems. Um, when inevitably our position goes back to our position. And sure. I think that's, that goes back to I think the point Marco made about, or I don't know, Cav, I don't know who made the point, but winning ugly, we've got that experience mm -hmm. now. And I think that we've matured as a team with that style of rugby. So yeah, let's hope that, and, and to be honest, the BMT has been huge. So Yeah, definitely. It's something we've, we've started developing. Um, and I think just, uh, just what everybody else has said, I'd just like to second it. I would really, if I'm an opposing team, I would, would not want to run at the spring box. The way that they stood on that line for 20 phases against Wales, and the Welsh literally said, okay, we are going to get over this line with forward drive, forward mm -hmm. drive, forward drive. And we saw the box tackling those guys backwards. Now, 
for anybody who's played rugby to get driven back when there's a guy a half a meter in front of you consistently that's difficult to do but you could see every single time it was um, uh, Koch it was a Sneiman, it was Itzabeth, it was everybody climbing in. Sia had a couple of big hits, and it was two guys at a time. It wasn't just one guy, it was two guys. And there was a few times that they looked like they were going to get over the advantage line, they got driven back. So uh, for anybody, that's, that's got to be daunting, sure. 100%. Though it was, it was almost a, a shock to me that Wales were so one-dimensional. Because, I mean, if, if, that went, if you went um, carry, and the carrier shifted it one... Yes. Man out. That would have changed the whole defensive pattern and they would have made ground, but they didn't do that. Mm. So mm. They, also, played, they played fearfully. I think mm. it was about milking the penalty and we showed exceptional discipline for 20 yeah. phases. Yeah, we did. That was the exact plan. All they wanted was that penalty, then it went, as soon as they got it, it went, it went wide. So something, something that I noticed was they were trying to adapt to our, our rush defense on the outside. So our backs were shooting up, cutting off their back line quite quickly. Our backs are not as big as them. They are the the backline as a unit. Like if you look at Davies and North, Adams, they're big boys for backline. Yeah, we had slighter, smaller guys, but quicker. So we would cut them off quickly. So what they decided to do was just use the forwards well, and hopefully penetrate through that 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 channel through that first uh, number one channel, and they just didn't get through. And and the big thing for me was. You know, they attempted that, they kept getting dominated and they didn't adapt. They didn't change it. And I mean, they just couldn't, eventually they couldn't shift the ball wide. They just had no opportunity because the likes of Amon and Damien were just, they were shooting, cutting it off every single time, cutting it off. No, well, no chance. In the beginning of the game, they did do it well. They, I think they got through two Twice. or three times, yeah, yeah where they, they did break the line. But then even then, we did have really good yeah. cover. Scramble cover, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. No, definitely. Um, moving on uh, to, to player of the week. Player of the week! Anybody want to take this up? I mean, uh, I know we didn't have any superstars necessarily, uh, but I think we had, there's a couple of guys who put in some massive shifts. Keys? Um, I'm going to say Damien. Damien. Um, I think he so not this Damien? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> not this week, Dames. Not no, this not week. this week. Um, I think he played exceptionally well. Um, he did his role perfectly. I mean, he, his defence was, was fantastic. Him and I were talking so nicely on defence. I think if you go and watch, watch, the, watch the highlights, you'll see that they are communicating very effectively and cutting players off, cutting them down, giving them zero space. Um, and forwards, I mean, those, those forwards running off the base of the ruck, Damien and I were getting stuck in their tackling forwards. You know, mm. not letting them get anywhere. And, and I think Damien, for me, has really, really... I've been one of his biggest critics, being an inside centre, just not passing. And you need to have that distribution role. And I'm starting to see a, another side of him, which is which is quite cool. Um, I'm starting to... You know, he's throwing the ball around a little bit more, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, he's, he really has impressed me today. I actually think you, you said it all and you actually stole my player of the week. Right? <laughs> I, was, sorry, I was going to take your earlier points and then blow a bit of smoke up your bum and say that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> but I think, yeah, because um, now that we know the, the 2019 Springbok team um, and we can see how the, the, the systems work, he is such a critical player. Yes. And he is performing his role, now he is, um, with, with absolute diploma. So, um, yeah, I agree. Um, so, but my player of the week then can't be him. Uh, 
I must shout out to Itoji for uh, that's, that's a good call for good for, um, for proving me wrong. But uh, if we if we look at the Bok game, um, I'd like to give it to Sia. Uh, not his most standout performance ever, I thought, but once again he's been consistently leading from the front. And I think all I wanted to say on the topic is um, if it comes down to grit and who wants it more, which it so often does, um, I think it did in this game, uh, and I'm sure it will in uh, the final, I think that uh, he's got a very, very great uh, legacy behind him as a, as a leader of the Springbok team, as the first black captain. And uh, I think that his grit is easily witnessable and I hope that he inspires everybody else. Um, I think that he's an inspirational guy that the guys can't get behind. So that's why he's my player of the week this week. Okay, it's going to be hard to follow that. But um, Mark, for me, I think even though he had, you know, I think it was 35 minutes, um, mm. he came on and he put in such, such a massive shift. And I think that, you know, we've been a bit critical of him. He's been a bit, bit poor over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, not taking away from the other forwards, but when he came on, he made a massive impact. And mm. I think that for me, you know, that's, that's the kind of performance that we need next week. So if we can get the guys up to that level, all of them, you know, great. Um, yeah. You've got a thing for hookers, eh? Huh? <laughs> 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 I mean... <laughs> It's not the first time Darren's uh, there. Even like Bongi or Marks or Marks or Bongi. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, my player of the week, I'll probably, I want to give it to a position. Um, and I'd say uh, Lucy Pop because I think uh, Kutsov and Beasts had massive outings today. Uh, really scrum-wise, we were just tightening the screws the entire game. I think we got three scrum penalties. The one there right at the end. Um, so I think really we haven't dominated at scrum time for a long time. There was a, a period when we even went backwards, uh, but we always hear it. And I know we, it sounds like the soppy, you know, speech that a captain always gives you know, it starts at the front, you know, the forwards have to dominate, but literally it had, it, it has started from the front. The, uh, the, the scrums uh, look fantastic where I think we can take on England uh, very easily. They, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, if it comes to the mauling, we've always been going forward. So uh, I think both of them put in big shifts. And I think Beast has, I think he captained the Sharks about two years ago. And that uh, experiment didn't go very well. But I really think that he's one of those guys who puts up, puts up his hand. Not necessarily a, a leader in terms of, um, you know, speaking or saying that, you know, guys follow me. But somebody who shows the effort. Somebody who's uh, going to put in uh, that, that 50 minutes that's going to... Keep the other guys motivated as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Blanco of the week. Who? Uh, I mean, besides the obvious, should we just I think should we have a unanimous. collective? Yeah, yeah. Should we just have a collective uh, little chat about uh, Mister Larue? Yeah. That's. Yeah. He's he, he was put. I mean, as a fullback, one of your primary roles is to catch the ball. <laughs> yes. And, and to pass the ball. Yeah, but first you want to catch the ball. Yes, sir, of course, of course. Uh, I don't think he did that very well today. So. No. So I'll, I'll open the floor on this one. I think um, fundamentally, you know, Vili has, he's been tried and tested, but he's failed. Yeah, I think, this um, World Cup. This World Cup, he's been shown up. And I think this is maybe a failing point of Rassi is to kind of, you know, I think he did it with Malcolm Mark so easily. Malcolm was falling by the wayside. He wasn't keeping up with the pace. Mm. And he put Bongi in. 
why has he not done the same thing with Billy LaRue? And I think because he hasn't covered as effectively. Well, yeah. The, I was yeah, I was gonna get to that, and, and Sorry, ultimately to rush you. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> and I think ultimately, as Kevin just said, he he hasn't covered his bases on that, um, and he's he's genuinely worried about experience at the back. And ultimately, you do need a little bit of experience at fullback. I think you need you've got a lot of time with the ball at a, in fullback as a fullback, and you need to make the right decisions because you can honestly. You can really screw up as a fullback, and uh, some people might think otherwise. But you've got more time with the ball. You have a. You have to make a good decision with that, ultimately. And I think that there's there's a lot to discuss about that. What do you guys think? There was a big statement for me, and I said it to all three of you when it happened, when Vili got subbed for the first time because of performance. Yeah. So that hasn't happened at the World Cup. I can't remember it ever happening. For performance, not for coming off, we've won the game comfortably, let's get him off. I can't remember the last time that Vili was literally yanked off the field because he was just not there. And to make matters so much worse is we put Stain at fullback <laughs> and we all started thinking if anybody runs around Stain, it's obviously going to happen. He's not catching. Not all of us started thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> not me, really, I didn't think that. Um, <laughs> it's a... Two two split, yeah, man. <laughs> so I, I honestly think that there's a very good chance because this is the first time this has ever happened that he was subbed because of performance when the game was still tight. Well, I think it was probably tied still. There's a very good chance that he is not playing next week. I can't see it. I can't. I think Rossi. As much as I think it, it might be necessary, I don't see Rossi changing the lineup at all. I think that team, if everyone is fit and Colby's fit, Colby will come back. But other than that. Can't I, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Unless Keegan's miracle comes off and we play three backline players on the bench, and I don't know. I think it's going to happen. Damien Phillips at fullback. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think honestly, I think Colby at fullback. Rusty, Rusty's flogging a dead horse, and I think he just doesn't know how to fix it. And the problem is, Villy hasn't cost us yet. So maybe against New Zealand, yes, but he hasn't cost us a game. It's going to happen. You can't have the, this many bad games and not cost the game. And it came close today. That being said, he hasn't, he hasn't really had a, a great game. No. So maybe that's what Rusty's waiting for. Maybe just, you know... For <laughs> what, is he waiting for us to cost us a World Cup to, to decide whether he should drop no, Because Billy's the kind of player, and we've, we've spoken about it before, he's very inconsistent. So he's either no, 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 fantastic no. or he's terrible. No, but he's been no, very he's consistent in this World Cup, though. No, he, yes, he's exactly. consistently he's horrible. So, yeah. so what Rusty's doing is going, okay, he's got all the bad juju out the way. This next performance will be huge. No. Look, I, and I, the next one. And what about the, the next, next one? one? Well, he always one, fine, no. So, no, you're fine. I actually agree uh, with what you're saying, uh, Dan. Uh, uh, maybe not in the same way, but... but I think that Vinny um, does OS1 because, um, I mean, we've chatted about him before. He's a magical player and he does have it in his bones. Um, even, even in... Uh, the, the matches that we've seen in this World Cup that have been some of his worst uh, test matches in, of his entire career and yet there are still moments when you can see the uh, the rugby intelligence that he has you know and some some of the skill sets that he does possess um, he just he doesn't seem to have access to any of them at the moment and I think that's that's the problem so I, I understand what you're saying yeah. and I also think I am also of the opinion that we're too far down the line 
to, to do anything else. I don't really see it happening. Uh, I would love to see that uh, Colby at 15 yeah. plan, but I really, like, if we've learned anything from watching Rossi's game plan, um, surprises are not really his forte. Okay. Well, I mean, if, if, if we hopefully uh, then going to be safe that he miraculously has a good game because if we think that Eddie Jones is this good of a coach, he's definitely going to expose uh, our weakest player on the field. So he's that's going to be targeted, point. that's for sure. He's definitely yeah. going to be targeted. So if, if, if Russ is happy to take that gamble against one of the best coaches in the world, I guess we're going to have to live with that. But it just it needs to it needs to pick up mm-hmm. not even pull up socks he needs to pull up underwear uh, <laughs> he needs to put on boots everything because it's fucking horrendous at the moment excuse my French <laughs> you feel strongly about that, uh, very very strongly <laughs> apologies, apologies. <laughs> should we should we go into the ref round before you <laughs> yeah. why are you this wrong with that <laughs> thank you Damien do you want to lead us into into ref round um, personally I actually didn't think the refs were too bad this week I thought they were okay I mean they were one of two missed calls. I think the England decision against New Zealand where the guy nearly broke his arm. I don't know if you guys know what that, oh, that the could have kind of been a shoulder charge. Yes, the rap tackle. The rap tackle. Sure. I, think, on court, on court. I think you can't blame the guy. Or you can't say he didn't use his arm if he only used his arm. But mm-hmm. I think the guy was very lucky not to break his arm in that tackle. Yeah. I think if you look at the yes. replays. But I don't necessarily think it was all that illegal. I think that no, it was fine. Yo, uh, Kevin, I was saying he was actually lucky because the momentum shifted his arm yeah. around. It was a, it was, it was definitely a shoulder charge, but the momentum kind of just like, like you said, you could have easily broken his arm there. But I don't think that was a wrong call. I disagree. I think that he was a, a making an attempted wrap. If you start, his arm starts moving up, and because of the impact, it pushed his arm back down. And that's and I watched it a few times. And if, if you it see hits how he hits back. him, he actually doesn't use his shoulder at any point. It's more like a like a bicep. Almost hit. It was very. It was a strange tackle. It was. <laughs> sure. It was a very strange. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it wasn't a good tackle. No, 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 no. I think. I think that's that's no, what means. that's what we're saying. A different ref wouldn't have even TMO'd. They would have said, "Listen, you've led with the shoulder in yes. the tackle. You off. You got a card." I think it was well handled, though. I really yes. Look, I mean, there wasn't anything you'd say after the TMO had a look at that, and we all saw the angle. I think it was an incredibly flattering angle because you could see the, um, the 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 hand around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know I, I hear what you're saying Keeks um, but honestly uh, in terms of the, the actual safety of that tackle that man got hit directly um, with the shoulder sure. and the arm was coming in way later than that no matter what he was trying to do I know I, I, I get what you're saying but I think what I would like to say is that perhaps this is World Rugby needs to actually look at this mm. because I've never seen this before. This kind of a tackle. I sure. mean, uh, not that in uh, in my mind I can't remember anything like this. It's a strange scenario. I don't think any of anyone on the field kind of knew. Everyone was looking, probably puzzling over this, thinking, "Shit, huh? what, what's going on here?" So he attempted to wrap, but he hits him with the shoulder, and his arm followed through. I mean. What? Yeah. How does it? How do we even classify? No, I, I think classify it, maybe it does need to be looked at because then I the next thing so. you're going to have is um, people getting cleaned out in the exact same way, and yeah. people just yeah. be leading with the shoulder with the arm outstretched. Yes. Going, oh well, I'm safe with that arm, and then I'll use my shoulder to inflict a serious punch of damage. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily, it didn't uh, change the game. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it, it didn't change an outcome. So, I think um, the Nigel Owens pretty good game yeah. uh, I don't think anybody could really be upset with him for the first time ever New Zealand were called for offsides 
Uh, I couldn't believe my ears, but uh, that <laughs> actually happened. So I'm, I'm glad that somebody had to play by those rules. And I mean, Garces for Garces was for 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 Garces. Yeah, for, mean, for his standards, he had a pretty good game. It, uh, it was it was possible. Yeah. The, I think I still think that, that I don't quite understand how they've painted the lines on the Japanese fields uh, for the forward passes and the, uh, the line-up <laughs> throws and things like that. So obviously they are the TV angles. The TV angles adds ten degrees, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it consistently. Forward passes not being called. Yeah. Um, and I think the only other thing with Garcia's that I saw was that. He was incredibly quick at the breakdown to give them penalties for holding on. Whereas when we were had hands on their ball, he was allowing their players to clean and clean and clean and clean until they got their own ball. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, luckily, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I don't want to say Garcia's had a good game because I don't feel like he really did. Me too. I think he had a, a game that didn't impact the game. Yes. But, but it wasn't for lack of trying. I thought some of the some of the, the decisions that he made. Um, were potentially potentially game altering decisions and they were big ones. I mean that penalty after the twentieth phase, I thought was soft, very soft. It was he was blown for um uh, for diving in. I thought that um, yeah that that's, that's, that wasn't a consistent call. Yeah. And exactly the incident that you're talking about, there was a point scoring opportunity or at least a a, a territory opportunity uh, where it was blown inconsistently for mm. uh, competing well, for the yeah. ball. Yeah. Obviously, um, and I think that really the guys. Or we are maybe more lucky than he is that uh, nothing drastic was yes. blown. You know, it wasn't any because it, because anybody it. watching that game as tight as it was could have seen that the game should have gone to South Africa. You know? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think the ruck. Let's put it just put it down to the ruck was just a shambles the whole game. I mean, side entry from both teams. Yeah. Um, hands on the ball was was one sided um, or holding on, whichever you where you want to call it. And I think it was not a fantastic game by Garcia, but did we honestly expect anything less? Yeah. I think we, we are, <laughs> honestly. I think we expected worse. Yeah. Fair so enough. We, I think okay. we, we, I think we can. That's why some of yeah. That's why I'm happy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that might be the biggest adaption we need to make for next week. Is that especially if we get someone like Nigel Owens, who refs the ruck very, very differently to what we've had for the last. Couple of weeks. Well, well, perhaps to announce Owens because I don't think he's done it every single game he's ref. But but what happened in the English game um, was, like you say, the the, um, the Kiwis finally got pinged for being offside. Yeah. Is he made a couple of calls that just marshal the game right? Yeah. That that English ref particularly was oh, it was so beautifully clean. Mm. Everyone could see it like a rugby layman could understand what's going on in that ruck. Yeah. And uh, I think that that is down to a bit of solid firm refereeing, and he took no shits on the day. Yeah. yeah. So good good refereeing in that regard. So. Um, so uh, I've heard, I've read a little snippet that Wayne Barnes might be poised to do the final. Can't. He's English. Oh shit! Oh, yeah, scrap that one. Never mind. Yeah, yeah World Rugby. That was maybe maybe stated before the result came. Yes. World Rugby yeah. definitely yeah. had New Zealand yeah. in the final. <laughs> yeah, they really had that was, that was that's embarrassing. <laughs> okay, never but mind. But never on, mind. I didn't think about that. So the fact that Barnes is ruled out. Um, who do you guys think is going to be the, the ref for the World Cup final? I mean, Owens seems the, the natural choice. Yeah. Uh, I think both um, countries would be happy with him. Well, it's going to be Owens or Garcés, isn't it? Well, that's what I'm saying. Who do we think is going to be the, I the ref? I sincerely hope it's Owens. Yeah. Yeah, it can't be. Can't I be think Garcés. every South African is going, please let the Owens. Okay, hold on. He, he blew the 2015 one as well. Mm. Can they do that? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. If you're the best rapper in the world, why shouldn't you be allowed to? No, I'm yeah. with you, but that's why I'm thinking. I, I don't know which way they're going to go. It would it would be really really poor form by World Rugby just to give Garcia a little token here. Why don't you ref the final instead of Owens? Like, yeah. That would be that's not on merit. That's enough, like of course I agree. Give him the third fourth. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, because Owens can't ref the third fourth there. Exactly. There we go. Yeah, but decided. you, no, but you have no, but, and you can have the other guys. <laughs> Barnes could move that I game. Yeah. Oh, no. fair enough. <laughs> yeah, okay. But so we've done our predictions now for who's going to be the ref. Right. Okay. So predictions for the final. Guys, uh, how do we see this playing out? South Africa by three. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so let, before, uh, let me rather put it this way. If England win this World Cup, right, and this alludes perfectly to what you were saying, uh, Sorry, Keats, what you were asking about um, the end of Southern Dominance. If they win this World Cup, think about this. The running they had to uh, get through is Australia in the quarters, New Zealand in the semis, and then South Africa in the final. I mean, that's just flipping the middle finger to any type of dominance arguments because they literally, they will have beaten every single team and nobody can say anything about that they had a soft road in. They would have had the most difficult road in to win that World Cup. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, and conversely, I think if we if we put it off, and, and I'm not saying I don't want us to, I definitely do, people are gonna go, wow, that really wasn't the greatest <laughs> Springbok team that's ever won a, a World Cup final. No, no. But, I mean, our run-in hasn't exactly been fraught with peril. Yeah. You have a great team, just our game plans, but but the, the, the thing that I will, will like though is that nobody can that's what I hated about 2007 is everybody always said yeah but you didn't beat New Zealand you didn't beat the best tournament you didn't beat the best team in the tournament to win the World Cup because we all know the forward pass against the French we all know that that's, uh, the French shouldn't have beaten New Zealand for me why this year would uh, be different is that England has proven they are the best side of this World Cup they completely annihilated Australia um, they uh, uh, they completely blew out uh, New Zealand. So in my eyes, they are the best team in this tournament. And if we beat them fair and square, I, I think we we'd have uh, definitely deserved winners. We still didn't beat New Zealand, though. but they're not the best team <laughs> at the World Cup. No, that's, I agree. That's what I'm trying to get. <laughs> yeah, look, I think I think there's potential for it to go two ways. And one of the ways that it could go, which I'd love it to do, is go. This is the game of our tournament, and we yes. play better than we've played before. And we get to see all the magic that we've put in that pot of incredibly talented players that we've never really seemed to actually access. <laughs> and uh, that's what I'd like to see happen. But more likely what will happen is um, we'll play an ugly, ugly format of, of real final rugby. Um, and so will England. And then we might come out on top and we might not. But we definitely have given ourselves a chance. Sure. Mm, that's true. And in fact, this made me feel a lot better about my prediction for next week. Sitting and listening to you guys. So, especially you, Keats, for a change. You've been very positive this week. On <laughs> <laughs> a three point yes. victory, I'm surprised. <laughs> Are we so, all going three points? Or? No, no. So, okay, so, my, so, my prediction, let me, let me, let me go box by, by 10. Yes. Just because if we do have the lead by three points, I don't want to be sitting silently wishing that we don't get any more points. <laughs> prediction knows a small margin. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go box for but two. 
Sure, close game. Yeah, a very close game. I think um, it's going to come down to the kickers. And this is what I was saying earlier, is I sincerely hope we put a, a third backline player on the bench because I think it's extremely risky of us to not have more than three kickers in a team. Um, I think if you look at the English team, they, they have a few kickers in their side. Yeah. People that can knock the ball over anywhere on the park, and I think they've got three in their starting line. Exactly. Yeah. So and one on their bench, and I think do we only have two? And and the one is erratic. <laughs> exactly. The one can move the ball from anywhere <laughs> on the park, whether it's straight or not, is a different story. So I think that's that's a scary prospect, and that's what I hope we do. Okay. Well, I've already said South Africa by three. I don't know if my heart can take it, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, I back the boys. Okay, all right. I think um, something that we might not have mentioned is we've been incredibly, maybe a combination of lucky and well prepared that we haven't had any injuries this World Cup, except for uh, Jesse and Trevor. Excuse me. So we definitely have had injuries. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying massive, massive injuries that you know to the starting lineup. Uh, Good to go, yeah. So uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, hopefully, if Colby is ready, uh, he's going to be an integral part. I think coming back into the team. Um, so when you mentioned that uh, Heinz is out, I think that's definitely a blow because they only do have they only brought with two uh, scrummies uh, to to the whole World Cup. So I honestly feel like we've 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 got the team, uh, we've got the the right mental stuff between the ears. Uh, we've we've grown our our BMT um, capacity. I think so. I, I think we can pull it off, and I hope. I honestly hope that we're also going to just pull a fast one, like Keith said, where we've been distracting everybody one way and uh, we're just going to play a wild game <laughs> of rugby. <laughs> Kansas City shuffle. Yeah, that's <laughs> not going to happen, but I think we this this is going to be our game where everything is just going to uh, turn right and uh, all the balls are going to go to hand. So um, I'm going to go South Africa by nine. Um, so I think... I think it'll be a, hopefully just a good game. Hopefully it's a dry game. I know they said there might be a bit of rain in the forecast, uh, but it should be should be a goodie. Yep. It's going to be it's scary. exciting though. I thought I was nervous today. Oof. I think <laughs> next week I'm going to not sleep very well. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing they're playing on a Saturday so we've got time to recover for the podcast on a Sunday. Yes, I think that's a good idea <laughs> because uh, we've all had a few drinks. I, I definitely... When you say we're going to recover on the Sunday I, let's be honest here we, we, there'd be no recovering by Sunday Monday Monday, Monday. two day hangover <laughs> <laughs> definitely but I think it will be well deserved uh, I think we're all very excited and um, we, we're heading into this final as the as the underdogs if uh, I think if, we, if we're yeah, honest here which I'm true. incredibly happy with uh, based on the, uh, okay. the way they're incredibly in, happy about it <laughs> no, just purely because I mean Deservedly, that's England are going to go into this final as the, the favourites. The mm. way that they've been playing, the form that they've shown. Um, yeah, and I don't think we need a spotlight on this. I think we're very, very happy in the, in the, in the shadows uh, to come out. And if anything, and I said this to Kev on Saturday, if there's any, if there's not enough motivation to win this World Cup, all Rassie needs to say is, can you imagine a world where Owen Farrell lifts the ball cup above his head <laughs> that is the all motivation that I need I mean I'll just break my legs just 
the thing, making sure that that man does not get his hands on the World Cup. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm also on the same yeah, boat as you. I mean, that's, that is, I think, I'm hashtag motivation. Thought, yeah, I've not thought about that. That's hashtag pretty, motivation. Oh, that's maybe quite sad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you see? Oh. Right there. I think uh, if Esther Hazen is playing, you'd also <laughs> personal vendetta. <laughs> shoulder charge, yeah. All right, okay. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, for for next week's podcast, we'll obviously uh, wrap up uh, the Rugby World Cup. Um, we're probably going to do a couple of different things, looking at uh, play of the tournament because there just won't be as much to talk about. Uh, but we will still have two games: uh, the third and fourth uh, playoff game, which I haven't mentioned yet, so I'm going to mention it now. Uh, predictions for that game, guys: uh, Wales, New Zealand. Oh, I'd love Wales to win that. I love Wales. Um, I want Wales to beat them. Yes. 1956, was it? Last time? Yeah. yeah, 1956. That's what you were saying, what the score would be. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. That's a morning, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's stick with the beating with the heart plan. Uh, let's go Wales, um, because there is a possibility that New Zealand's heads are going to be down and that they won't be reinvigorated, but they'll be a little bit depressed. And there's a possibility that uh, Wales will find the grit and uh, want to come away with something momentous after all the good work that they've done and fights and fights and fights and take it out call Wales by, by two. Okay. Sure. I'm going to say Wales by five. Wales by ten. Phew. Okay, so I'll, I'll let sanity prevail here. Um, oh, We're going to put so, so much positive energy in here. <laughs> I just don't see it. Um, cause I, was, I, I was thinking maybe that, you know, because sometimes the third, fourth play, fourth place game is reserved for getting um, some players in uh, that haven't played but I think New Zealand is definitely going to uh, uh, gonna just come out uh, all guns blazing and want to put some respectability back into the rugby so of New Zealand so I'd say New Zealand by 15. Cool. Right. But anyways guys uh, thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, as always uh, have uh, have a look at our, our Twitter page of playing Advantage uh, ADV and then obviously Castbox and now we're also on all the other platforms Spotify, Apple Music, Twitcher, um, anything else uh, basically every single uh, <laughs> platform there um, but yeah thanks for joining us and uh, we'll chat next week yeah. thanks, thanks guys. guys thanks guys cheers <laughs>